Chapter 22, Flora. Excerpt from the Citizens' Assembly on the Raising of Taxes on the Gridlock, Report Number 266. Testimony from Selected Expert, Dr. Naoko Chopin, Head of Urban Policy at the University of Gridlock. The official policy of the Urban Policy Department at the University of Gridlock is to keep the tax rates unchanged. We can only plan so well. We can't see our societies just in terms of its economic output. Communities have been built through the gridlock, the trunks and the mid-levels. Times have changed. The anomaly might never go away. And we would have sacrificed meaningful homes and businesses in the pursuit of a potential evacuation. It's about homes, families, livelihoods. Substantially more care needs to be taken to ensure we don't destroy the value that was created. Not just the economic value, the social value. Flora felt confident. She was at least on par with Argent and that made her content. All her time spent in the simulators meant something after all. However, there was still a stumbling block, a buzzing fly annoying the meditation. She had to tell her mother about what really happened, that she didn't enter herself. Their evenings were relaxed with her mother drawing up plans for Flora. They weren't particularly useful plans, but the spirit and joy that her mother put into them made Flora happy. She could see that her mother wanted to dearly undo what she didn't give to her husband. That made it particularly difficult to tell her. But Flora knew that it had to happen. Every evening up to the first trial, Flora tried, but she couldn't. Two days before the first trial, however, Flora came home after training with Argent to find that her mother, wearing a brand new dress, had set the dinner table in their bus. It was a mix and match of kitsch, all different, except for the fact that it was the most expensive items her mother owned. So much effort. Flora knew that she couldn't wait any longer. Now was the time. Oh, mom, this is so sweet. Look at you. Flora said, putting down her backpack. She was standing by the kitchen, steam rising off the pans. Madeira did a ta-da gesture to her daughter. Madeira looked genuinely happy, and Flora told her so. How can I not be? Look at you, ready to take on the city. Flora came in for a hug. Thank you, Mom. She took in a deep smell of the kitchen. What are you cooking? Crabs. Mom! Flora exclaimed. Relax. When else are we going to splurge, huh? Eat like we used to. Wait here. Madeira ran back to the taxi and pulled out an old bottle of wine. This came from when the vineyards were still outside, before it moved to the vertical farms. Mom! That can't possibly be good anymore. Madeira peered at the bottle and pondered. Eh, screw it. Let's try, she said with a laugh. Madeira uncorked the bottle and took a whiff. Her head jerked away. She took a swig straight from the bottle and spit it out in the basin. <laughs> oh my, you're right, my dear. This is awful. Flora laughed. Ah, well, I have some plonk here. We can drink this. That's fine. Totally fine. Madeira poured out glasses for them as the crabs simmered. Flora took it all in. A wave of grief washed over her when she saw clearly for the first time what she would miss if she won the championship. Flora had been so preoccupied with the championship that she hadn't stopped to take a breath. It was overwhelming. I'm going to freshen up quickly, Flora said as she cleared her throat. Before her mother could see, she rushed to the apartment building next to the gridlock that housed their ablutions. She showered and came back shortly after. After taking a deep breath, she joined her mother in the kitchen. They drank, cooked together, 
and eventually sat down around the dinner table. Some crab, veggies, and good plonk. Just the two of them. Madeira raised her glass. To my dear, my daughter, my Flora. Thank you, Mom, Flora said, smiling. They started eating. Are you ready? Madeira asked. Flora wondered if her mother asked that to River. I think so, Flora replied. I mean, if I can get close to beating Arjun in a race, I should do fine. She's been a good training partner. I appreciate that she's been helping. You are ready, my dear. Look at you. All those years I thought you were wasting your time in the simulators. It is actually coming in handy, Madeira said, smiling. Flora had not seen her mother like that in years. Happy, well-dressed, and sincerely enjoying herself. She suddenly felt her innards compress. Before she would tell her mother, she wanted to know something else. Mom? She started putting down her utensils. I know this might not be an easy question, and I know that you just wanted to make everything simple and beautiful tonight, but I must ask, will you be okay without me if I win? I have some plans. I can do this, her mother answered. She still seemed to maintain her jovial veneer. Flora couldn't tell if she was hiding something. Mom, will you be okay without me? Madeira took a sip of the wine, her smile slightly disappearing. Let's not dwell on that anymore, okay? We will have time, okay? Let's just enjoy this moment. We're here because you've always had a dream to become a runner, and I'm here to support you. Flora lived for pulling back the veil, to uncover the truths, to quell the questions. And here she was, a hypocrite, hiding the truth from her mother. The time had come. I need to tell you something, Flora said, forcing herself to look her mother in her eyes. Mom, I didn't enter myself. I didn't choose to do this. Flora waited for Madeira to react. In her beautiful new dress, Madeira's face fell and the pace of her eating slowed. What do you mean you didn't enter yourself? I didn't choose to enter. I wanted to, but I didn't. But that makes little sense. How did you then become a candidate? Esper entered me. He forged my application. He took it upon himself to enter me without consent. He did it for me, but also for himself as a challenge. Madeira swallowed and stopped eating altogether. Then why did you accept it? I don't know. I wanted to do it, but I wasn't planning on it. You said that I shouldn't. I also didn't want to leave you behind. But when I came back from the announcement, I saw how happy you were about supporting me. And all that you said about you feeling ashamed about not supporting dad, it meant that I could also make you happy. Yes, she said, her face turning red like the crabs. But that was because I thought you wanted to do it. I thought you were hiding it from me, that I was being a terrible mother. Madeira got up, her face carrying years of memories. Flora, I did all this, supporting you, when it still hurts to do so and you hid the truth from me. You kept this from me until a few days before the trial. You are so selfish, just like your father, selfishly hiding the truth. She threw down her napkin and stumbled towards the door. The wine affecting her balance caused her to trip and fall out of the bus. Mom! Flora screamed, running to her. Leave me alone! Her mother shouted. Madeira sat up against the bus with her palms a mix of scrapes and gravel. Tears ran over her mother's makeup that she usually never wore. 
Mom, I'm sorry. Flora sat next to her. She didn't embrace her, but just wanted her to know that she was there. Flora started crying too. Tears that came from somewhere. When life puts you next to your mother with both of your backs against a bus, crying, you think about all the things that happened in life to put you there. Flora stared up at the dome and the dirty blur of stars that smudged through it. Some nights, the dome above them felt like a comforting, snug blanket, but tonight it felt suffocating. Next to her mother, she admitted to herself for the first time that maybe she was not in control at all. It frightened her, not just to accept it, but because the first trial was upon them. Had she done enough? It suddenly felt like her questions would never be answered.